Are you a business owner looking for real advice and input? You're in the right place. From concept to launch to growth, funding and beyond. Welcome to Startup Hustle with your hosts. One once sold a business for $150 million. The other, the author of Million Dollar Bedroom. Here are your hosts of Startup Hustle, Matt DeCourcy and Matt Watson. And we're back. Another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Welcome back. I'm back. I'm glad to have you back. And we're back with another episode of Startup Hustle that is brought to you by Fullscale.io. Woohoo! Yeah. Yeah. Got that right this time. This is an exciting topic today. It is. We're here with two of my favorite entrepreneurs from Kansas City area, people we partner with and do stuff with. And really experts on today's subject, which is content marketing. So today we have Brock Steckman and Brody Dorland, the co-founders of Divi HQ. Is this true, guys? Hey, yes. I like I think it. so. Yeah. I like it. I think that's Sounds still right. true. Sounds that was right. a Brody. That was strong. Can we get that again? Hey, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't teach Watson how to do that. <laughs> you Actually, Watson, you've got a few of those. On the, yeah, on I've the got in, some tricks. On the influencer marketing one, you've got a really baseball boom. So I got some tricks. Anyway, you guys are the founders of Divi HQ. For those of you listening, you know we love it when you're interactive. So go to D-I-V-V-Y-H-Q.com and check it out. Guys, what's up? Hey there. Nice so, to be here. Give us a little uh give us a minute on what you guys do at Divi. Your turn, my turn. Your yeah, turn. I can go. Yeah. So, you know, we've been around since 2011, startup here, you know, based here in Kansas City. And essentially what we are, to put it in kind of plain terms, we're a a content marketing platform that makes it really easy for companies to plan all of their marketing projects, create better content, and ultimately, right, what that's all for is to build your audience, increase engagement, um, trying to increase website traffic, which ultimately is going to help drive leads to the company and help you grow. Okay. So as we get into this whole topic, let's define what content marketing is, because in some ways, what you're listening to right now is the definition of content marketing. Yeah. Divi HQ specializes more in the written word. Is that fair? Like the the blog traffic. I mean, you can use it for about anything, but yeah. that's where it started, right? Yeah. You know, uh, and a lot of that's driven by the um, how much Google has has really shifted the whole. Uh, well, I guess you could say um, the evolution of marketing was really driven largely by Google. Um, you know, today Google is basically the gatekeeper for so much, uh, of, of our economy. Um, you know, when you think about anything that you want to buy, probably the first place you go is doing some research on Google and, you know, just typing in a simple keyword phrase, you're going to be, you know, um, given results and those results are driven by content on websites. So because of that, any company that's wanting to rank highly in any kind of search term or phrase that is important to them, you know, matches their, their product service categories, those kinds of things, you need to have good content on websites. And, you know, as Google has evolved and, and adjusted their algorithms and all of those things, um, so much, so much of their algorithms are reliant on, um, keyword rich content, but also the volume of content that Google sees from your site um, the authority that your site has as a whole on these topics. And all of that, it, it just requires a certain volume and frequency of content. And a lot of it is written on a regular basis. Now, as they've also evolved, they do account for video content 
audio content, a lot of the other channels, um, the social signals that come from it, um, you know, uh, a social post, seeing uh, traffic coming from a social post to back to a website, and then it converts. Hmm. That's, that's a social signal that Google is, you know, it's part of the Google's algorithm. They want to see all of those signals in order to determine that this page, this piece of content on this website is, is high authority. It is, it is good. It's quality. And we're going to then put it in our search results. There's one universal truth in this world. Now, if you want to know about anything, you go to Google and you search for it. True. Absolutely. I was in the Philippines yesterday, a couple days ago. I want to know when the sunrise was. So what do I Google? When is the sunrise yeah. in the city? Yep. Right. Or what is the weather? Or you can go to Google and type three plus five and it'll tell you. Right. I mean, it's a universal knowledge engine of everything in our lives. And as a business, if you have content that is relevant to whatever those words are, you better well damn rank on Google for those words. If let's, you want to get, let, business, let's get this out there, Matt at Stackify over the last two years, you've built a blog at, through content marketing on Stackify that has in some months exceeded a million visits. Yeah. So, you know, if, okay, that's kind of what you're trying to do, right guys? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So he is a perfect case study. Yeah. Right. So now when, all right. So, I, I will tell you the story of how I saw this evolve when Matt and I, it was maybe only the second time we'd ever met. I interviewed him for one of my books and we talked about that a little bit, but he started telling me about a strategy he was working on a content marketing strategy. And he said, you know, I'm spending 50 grand a month on cost per click. I said, yeah, yeah. cost per clicks a lot like crack. You know, it's easy to get addicted to it. It gets you high really fast. And when it's gone, you're like, God, I want more. Don't know that from firsthand experience. I just, you know, I've watched movies. But but with that, Matt explained to me that he was planning on, he had been, been engaging in a long-term content marketing strategy. And over the last couple of years, I've watched, I've watched you grow that to the point where it's like remarkably significant. It's very so, impressive. And Matt, Matt, can you talk about some of the things that you think are important? Because you have a strategy that involves quality right. and length and stuff like that. It's not just as Brody likes to say, you're not a spam cannon. Well, and so <laughs> let's first back up just a little bit. And I'll tell you, you know, at Stackify, we did a, we tried to do a lot of different types of advertising and marketing in the early days, right? We did some cost per click. We did lead generation stuff where we would buy leads, you know, people who would download white papers, email blasts, like sponsoring newsletters. We, we tried all sorts of different kinds of advertising, right? And didn't have a lot of success with yeah. any of it. The, the, the customer acquisition costs were very high. And use the cost per click stuff as an example. Today, Stackify does a little bit of that, but it's, it's really just a very small handful of keywords that work for us. It's mm -hmm. It's... You, you can't get a lot of volume out of it. It doesn't scale. Um, and we we found this book called Traction. And it's about, I think, like 18 different traction channels. Mm -hmm. And there are things like writing a book or content marketing or being a speaker or uh, just all these different, you know, cold calling people, like all these different tractions, like channels to engage potential customers, right? And there were a couple of them on there that really... Um, spoke well to us. One was content marketing, which we'd had some success with, but had not really like bet the whole farm on it. And then the other one was something for us that was called engineering as marketing, which was like creating a free tool, like a free tool um, was another traction channel. And we were successful with that too. Um, but back when we first had that conversation, you were, you mentioned like two years ago, that's when we're like, you know what, we've seen a lot of success. It was two and a half years ago. On the content Almost marketing. Three, yeah. yeah. And we're like, 
we're going to really double down on this. And that from then on out was like our entire focus was the content marketing. And we started out, we were publishing two or three blog posts a week. Um, we went really crazy for a while and we were doing four five, six a week, like almost every day. Now these are different. These aren't just like a quick post either. I mean, these were well-written researched thought out topics i mean like authority level mm-hmm. stuff about high level which it should be yeah well yeah. and and back and part of the back to the reason we did this for stackfy is our customers are software developers mm-hmm. they hate advertisements they hate spam they they hate all of that yep. stuff like most of them you know work in the basement with a tinfoil hat yeah. on and they don't trust anybody especially advertisements. But there's that one universal truth. If they have a question, they go to Google and they search for it, right? So if they go to Google and they search, you know, Ruby logging best practices or .NET performance optimization or whatever it is, if Stackify shows up in the top few search results, it drives traffic to our website and inevitably drives customers. And so we, we're very focused on identifying all of those keywords that are, a lot of them are, are more top of the funnel. So they're you know, people that are our audience are mm-hmm. not necessarily that uh, people that are ready to buy something today, but a lot of times it's just our audience, getting our audience to our website, knowing who we are. You use Divi to organize all this, don't you? Yep. We have used Divi a lot for that. Um, Nicely done, Matt. U- ultimately, <laughs> I mean, nice. when you're ching when you're... Hang on, let me get my click. Hang on. <laughs> when you're, you know, especially if you're doing... That was a three-pointer. Um, that was yeah. a three. Yeah. The... Back to the point of the type of of content that we create is we're very focused on quality, right? So I I feel like if you go to Google and you search for something and you want to rank for that, I I look at whatever they search for as the question, and you need to have the best answer possible. Mm -hmm. If you have the best answer possible, Google will figure it out and you will rank in the top, you know, three, four, five, or whatever. It's not necessarily about spamming and keyword stuffing and over optimization and all this craziness, all those things help a little bit, but ultimately you have to answer the question better than anybody else. That is the first priority. You have to have the best answer. Now, if you have the best headings and all that kind of crap for SEO, that's good too. But if you don't answer the question better than anybody else, it doesn't matter. Yeah. I think an important thing to know on that is you don't want to just think about building value for Google you ultimately want to build value for the reader, mm-hmm. right? So whoever goes to to read that blog post and you want to make sure that you are answering that question the best. Um, so then that builds a lot of trust in in your audience, right? right. They're going to yep. keep coming back and they're going to want they to love our content. more content. They're going to keep yep. coming back. And then one day when they have a need for your services, they may go, look, you I know, I'm familiar with Stackify. They're clearly the experts on this topic. I think we should go with them. The, the I, one I've, thing never, that, I've never heard of Stackify. Is that Stackify.com? Stackify.com, yeah. <laughs> Cha-ching. The, the most annoying thing, though, is to be at a, um, like, we'll go to Microsoft Build, and we'll have a, a trade show booth there, and it's Microsoft's big conference of the year. And people come up to us like, oh, I thought you guys were just a blog. I didn't know that you had a product. Yeah. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> but, well, that's, but that's tough. So, you know. <laughs> that happens sometimes. And, and, but it's okay. All right. So, Matt, congrats again. And that, that's been fun to watch because you definitely story. got you got yourself off of crack. Yeah. Congratulations. We, we get about hundred dollars <laughs> to $200,000 a month in value. From think, from the advertising and marketing of the traffic we get to our blog. It's so, worth 100, so think, 200 grand So think about that. And and the way that, and I've had a chance to talk to Brock and Brody about this. So you look at each of those items as an asset for the business. And that's something that, you know, you got at Divi, once again, D-I-B-V-Y-H-Q.com. Um, you guys, that's a big 
that's a big part of what you guys believe in. You guys yeah. want to talk about why those are assets? Yeah, I mean, it's it's essentially a core tenet of content marketing when you understand <clears throat> that that the practice is it's almost a, a mindset shift that has to happen. Um, you know, when you, when you think about um, you know several decades ago, the marketing function was really sales support and um, and events and and those kinds of things. Um, today, because of everything that we've been talking about, certainly the, the the prominence of Google in in our you know in our economy, um, each piece of content that you create, when you think about uh, you as a content team building assets for the business that are eventually going to pay dividends, they they might not pay as quick a dividends as like a cost per click you know AdWords type of scenario. You know, it, it might not be that quick crack fix, um, but this piece of content now. You know whether it's evergreen or even something that's more timely. Um, now having that out on the web in the world, that is going to pay dividends over time as Google finds it, as more people link to it. You know, certainly if it's an authoritative piece of content, uh, other people will start referencing it in their content. Those are again more signals for Google, and that piece of content becomes something that can drive leads over a much longer period of time. And and you know when you do that every day, a few times a day, depending on the frequency of the assets you're building and the team that you've built around it, all of that just adds up into this huge bank of of assets for your business that that is going to continually uh, reap dividends for your organization in the forms of traffic, leads, what have you. Well, and I well I, think- I, well, I googled asset because I felt like we needed to ask the question and an asset is defined as property owned by a person or company regarded as having value and available to meet debts, commitments, or legacies. Also a useful or valuable thing, person or quality. I mean, that is so with Stackify and the amount of traffic, those are continuing to drive traffic. They provide, they provide value that you would have, that you would have to replace by spending money somewhere else. And that's, that's important. I mean, very much an asset yep. to yeah, find I think, it. I think the important thing to, to talk about here too is it doesn't have to be difficult, right? I mean, when we start talking to to new companies or even established companies and we start talking about content marketing in general, I mean, there's so many different things you can do when it comes to content marketing, right? Content can be anything. It could be eBooks, it could be social media, it could be podcast, podcast yep. right? Um, it, could be, it could be billboards, right? It could be radio spots. There's a lot of different things. I mean, a friend of mine sells uh, swimsuits and for her, it's Pictures on Instagram, yep. yeah, it, it, of it, her swimsuits, and yep. different things will work for different companies, right? It's whatever's going to resonate with your particular persona or buyer. Mm-hmm. But you can start simply, right? Like you're talking about, all you're doing is blogging. You're blogging a lot. It's really good blog content, so that's creating a ton of traffic. Our story is very similar. Um, I mean, we've been at this since again since 2011, and we practice what we preach. So we ourselves have produced a ton of content throughout the years in all different types. And we've experimented, we've tried different things, we've adapted. Um, ultimately, what we found is what performs the best for us is blogging and online paid media. And we don't spend a lot of money on online paid media, but we blog a lot. Right. And, that's what and to your point, is. it's very good blog content. We spend a lot of time on that. Yeah. Well, and and so that's what leads somebody like Stackfy to needing a tool like Divi. Okay. Yeah. So when you when you start out doing blogging, it's really easy to say, I want to write one blog post a week or whatever, and you just, and you do it. Um, it gets a lot more complicated when you're trying to write four or five a week or, mm-hmm. or, or whatever, because then you're, you're potentially managing multiple writers. 
Yep. And then you get into like, well, who's going to create the feature images or the the graphics for the blog? Who is going to do the proofreading of the blog? Is somebody on the product team going to review the blog post for product marketing and figure out, do we need to change the content at all to you know better promote our product? All of a sudden you get multiple people involved. It becomes yep. very The process chaotic. becomes very chaotic, right? Yep. Um, and that's, but that's where, that's where a content marketing platform like Divi helps yes. you out. And cause you have to keep that organized cause you're talking about all these different irons in the fire yeah. and different things yeah. going on. And, you know, you know, content marketing doesn't have to be hard, but for a lot of people it is hard. So anything that can keep you organized and on task and on schedule or centralized things, cause the time that you're going to spend going, did you do that image? Did you write that article? Right, have yeah. you checked it? Did we edit it? Yep. When are we publishing it? Those yep. are all Is it time. on time? Is it not yeah. on time? <laughs> do we do it? Do What's we have to subject? rearrange did the we, schedule? Did we actually yeah. publish it? And you know, all that. And well, you talk about rearranging the schedule. Sometimes we do that here at the podcast cause we'll push something up in the, in the publication schedule, but that can, you have to be aware that could affect 10 other things. Yes. Do we have to redo 10 images now or different things, you know, and stuff like that. So, but, well, so you the, guys, oh, I'm sorry. So, so you guys have that complication and stress as a, you know, fairly small marketing team. Well, not right? anymore because we use Debbie. Well, there you go. But, <laughs> but imagine how that stress and complication starts to multiply and get larger as the organization yeah. is larger. Yeah. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, we're working with um, companies of all shapes and sizes, you know, from startups, but the majority of our, our clients are large global enterprise They've brands. got multiple business units, multiple product lines. Regions. They have yeah. hundreds of people, yeah. some thousands around the world who are involved in creating content right. in some manner. And there's layers of complication and approval and yep. stuff like that that come into play. Then that's important. It, and, and how in yeah. the heck do you plan, manage, yeah. do you collaborate yeah. on that? You know, I mean, you that. probably have people that even use it to do content in different languages. And stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. No habla. Translation and everything else. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I use the Spanish language version of Divi when I use it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'm having a hard time kind of getting the uh, most of it, but yeah. Yeah, you know. So, so just to kind of wrap a bow on this, you know, the um, with the overall content process, the as the volume increases, the volume of content you produce, and the number of people mm -hmm. that are involved in the process, as that increases, the chaos and the complexity increases mm -hmm. exponentially. Mm -hmm. So. You know, um, certainly, you know, a startup that is a you know one man or woman show that's that's running kind of the the content um, process. You know, they can get by with you know a spreadsheet or a Trello or you know something simple. But um, once you get you know three, four, five, six, up to hundreds of people, you've got to have something that is going to help you, and, and not just something a dedicated purpose-built solution that's going to manage the process the way it needs to be managed. It's all the little tasks. That's the yep. thing. It's, well, it's yep. easy enough to have like a schedule of like, okay, this is Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, or whatever. But when you've got like five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten different tasks yep. for each one of those, yep. because of the proofreading, the graphics, the SEO optimization, all these different steps, it becomes a cluster. Well, I, th yeah. I think a lot of people start yep. doing things, like you said, like, um, like, using a Google sheet or, uh, or Trello or something. And the problem is, is you end up with this like Daisy chain oh, yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And, and, you know, that breeds a level of inefficiency and misunderstanding. Cause now if I have to log into nine different things, I, well, first off, it's annoying. 
And second off, it's not, I mean, you have to look at, at the, when it comes to efficiency, you have to look at all the time to do things that it takes to do individual little tasks and going and logging in somewhere and going and checking. And especially when you're doing it in singular doses, you know, that's why some like franchises will say they, they, they're able to be more profitable with a hundred units than with 10 because the same amount of effort that it takes to go log in and record line items for something doesn't take that much longer. It's the act of stopping what you're doing, going, logging in, checking things, logging out, going somewhere else. And that, that whole, that creating a central hub for anything is always a better way to do it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, speaking of efficiency, right? I mean, it's, we've already talked about content marketing can take up a lot of time. You know, you just spoke to that. There are a lot of very manual time intensive steps involved yeah. in that. So what we're trying to do is find ways to simplify that and automate a lot of those steps to make it a lot easier for these marketers to work together, to collaborate, to message. So they're not jumping in and out of spreadsheets. They're not emailing each other back yeah. and forth. They don't have to sit in status meetings to figure out, well, is this project done? Is it going to get done on time? Where are things at? They just know. So I, I think we should step back for a second, though, and, and talk for a little while about a startup or early stage company that wants to do content marketing, but mm-hmm. they haven't really done it. Yep. And how they should get started. Because a lot of things you're talking about are more optimization. Like, okay, yeah. we're doing this and we're trying to scale it and we're trying to grow it. But I think the hardest problem that people have is just like doing it to begin with. Like, how yep. do I get started? Or they write a couple blog posts and then like a month goes by and then they don't do it anymore. Yep. And they stop doing it. I think that's the most common anything when it comes to content. Yep. I said that to Brody before. Um, he came in and, or before we recorded and it's, uh, I talked to so many people, they're like, yeah, I tried content. I wrote two blogs and it didn't change my life. <laughs> well, and so I think in general, it probably takes 60, 90 days for you're going to see any kind of results yeah. at all. I mean, what, that's, you that's even say? early mm-hmm. uh, to see you know, any results. Yeah. Like we're getting a little bit of traffic, you know? So on the full scale blog, we publish what, two or three articles a week. Yeah. Something like that. Sometimes a couple, uh, even more. It depends. And, and we see some traffic from it. Yeah. But it it's a slow build. But I looked at our Google Analytics last week, and like you look at that that chart over time, and it just grows and grows and grows and grows. And and we like to be really open. So you know, we just started doing this earlier. I don't know. We're getting in between fifteen twenty thousand visits a month. Like that's traffic. It's nothing like what you've built at Stackify, but it's on the trajectory Mm -hmm. for doing that, and it results in leads. And people fill out our contact form. They say, "Hey, I'm looking for someone here, someone there." We've got clients all over the world that we met either from the podcast or the blog. So we we write a lot on the full scale blog about how to hire software developers or manage software development teams or a lot of different things like that. We wrote one, one article. It was about the shortage of software developers, yep, something like yep, that. Yep. And TechCrunch actually picked up the, our article as mm-hmm. and linked to our article. Yep. So that Huge. was like a really valuable backlink. Yeah. Like oh, that was and, awesome. And that once was again, in transparency, cool. that article gets about 1,500 visits a month. Yep. So, and now with that, I used, I learned something from Watson. Now, this is a, a, a moment I don't always admit it. I learn <laughs> stuff from Matt all the time, but I don't always admit it. So, uh, a long time ago, Matt was, ta- we were talking about the Stackify blog. He said, what we do is we go and look at what our top 10 most trafficked articles are, and then we improve them after. Yep. We do the exact same thing. And yep. I thought, I was like, oh my God, that's like, okay, first off, Super let's easy. go do that right now. Repurpose, repackage. It, well, it, some of it was, uh, you know, on some of them in the full skill blog. All right. So we have maybe videos or podcasts that we have created 
on that same subject. So we may embed them or put mm-hmm. links to them in there or create a better infographic or some of the stuff. Like what's some of the stuff you guys do at Stackify still related to that? We, we, um, we don't do a lot with video and infographics and stuff like that. Ours are more code samples. Okay. If anything is, is, you know, it's a lot of times it's like, how do I do logging with Ruby or something? So we'll have a lot of code samples or snippets and sometimes graphics from that sort of stuff. What, you mentioned about the optimization th- optimization thing, though. One of the best examples of this is we wrote an article about, um, it was like a checklist about DevOps. It was like a DevOps checklist. Um, it was like what developers do versus what operations people do. We didn't think anything about it. 90 days go by, whatever. And I'm looking at some reporting, and I'm seeing this blog is getting a lot of traffic for the keyword DevOps tasks. Mm-hmm. The word tasks was not even in the blog post. And that actually was the number one keyword that was driving traffic. And so you talk about the optimization. That's like, oh, well, Google somehow figured out that when somebody types in the word DevOps tasks, that this content answered the question really well. Yeah, the intent was there. The intent was there, right? So I noticed that. And then I went back and I changed the blog post. Yep. So now the, the title is DevOps tasks. Yep. And I added DevOps tasks. And it probably did even better. With, and then it ranked even higher. Yep. yep. And Talk about the optimization of this. Th- that's where this all can get really complicated, though, is knowing that, having the reporting to that stuff, yep. knowing to do that. That's where all this gets a little overwhelming, though. But I honestly, think versus that, when you're like trying to start, you're like, how do I even just write the content? Yep. These are like next level sort of exactly. problems, optimization yep. problems. Yeah. So, you know, you asked earlier, you know, how do you get started? And, you know, so much of just the, the initial strategy before you even get started putting pen on paper is understanding your audience, um, really digging into the persona of the audience. What are they going to care about? What are the different major topics that your products and services align with, but also align with the needs, interests, desires, uh, um, you know, of, of those buyers. So, you know, obviously, Matt, you're you have a, a, a probably several specific personas in terms of, you know, they could be different job titles that are typically going to be the folks that are, um, you know, that you're going after from a stack of standpoint. So getting into their heads, understanding the things that they do every day, the informational needs that they have, and breaking that down into a list of maybe high level topics to start. And then underneath each of those topics, what are the subtopics right. that we should cover? I, you know, I think it's kind of becomes a, a, a tree or a cluster right. that, that you can do. And then l- using that as kind of your basis for your content strategy going forward. Again, not, not really considering um, the formats that we're going to, we're going to do going forward, but just, okay, here's the content topics, the strategy that we're going to go for. And then we figure out, okay, how we're going to execute. Well, and let's, and, you know, let's talk about that a little more because yeah. I think the biggest problem that people have is figuring out what to write about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was going to say the so same thing. For Stackify, I feel like we have this giant universe of things, but depending on your type of business, like um, nickel and suede, they mostly sell earrings or whatever, right? So you're like, okay, what topics... We have one keyword, earrings or whatever, right? So it's trying to figure out but what they write about. that's too general. That's too general. Like, so I mean, for, for somebody like that, it's like they have to do a lot of brainstorming. Oh, we could write about fashion or this or that or whatever. So depending on the type of business, the type of topics that you're writing about is vastly different. And how how many the volume of things you can write about can be vast. Well, that's different. where data comes in, and but, you know the the tools that we have at our disposal. So yes. so something like a Google keyword research tool that's kind of baked into the AdWords. You know, if you can start an account on there, and even just starting with a keyword like earrings, yeah, and seeing what what spits out, 
starting to understand the different variations, earrings for women, earrings for right. men, uh, gold earrings, you know, all, all of the different variations. And then you start because you, you know, it's your business and you understand what your offering is. You can start to understand how, how the, um, how that data is going to then feed and, and inform right. your strategy going but forward. Then, but then there's so many different types of articles that people don't even think about. And so I'm going to talk about that for a minute. Yep. So one of the things we have a lot of success with at Stackify is, for example, writing articles that are list mm-hmm. or trends. Yep. So for earrings, it could be, you know, fashion earring trends for 2019 or best places to buy earrings, or it could be a lot of different things like that, that are less obvious. Yep. Um, one of the things that works really well, that's a different kind of content marketing. That's not necessarily for SEO is interviews. Mm, absolutely. Like, Oh, I want to interview um, 20 fashion experts about earrings. And then actually I hope all of them will promote the blog post. Yep. So maybe I'm not relying as much on Google to drive the traffic, but I'm relying on all the people I interviewed to promote this article that then underneath of it is actually promoting my website and my brand. Yep. Like there's a lot of different strategies here oh, yeah. that, that are all angles, possible. A lot of angles. Yep. Well, there's one very simple tactic that that can help a lot of startups, right? Think about well, how in the heck, you know, what, what what should we be writing about? And um, you know, there's a uh, kind of a top uh, marketing thought leader strategist name is Marcus Sheridan, the sales line. Yes. And a few years ago, he said, just think about the top 50 questions that your customers are asking yes. you or prospects, yes. and then just answer those. Yes. And then write a blog post about it. And they don't need to be high questions. volume. No. Right? Like if 10 people a month ask this question and all 10 of them land on my blog and all 10 of them are buyers, well, let, the conversion talk, rate's Let's huge. talk about that. Absolutely. I, it doesn't have to be high so volume. It's so simple. It doesn't have to be high yeah. volume. Well, so many people are are familiar with the term long tail yeah. and that I'm a long tail marketer. Um, that's, I've always considered myself to do that. So Matt and I have a different approach at, at content marketing on some days, but the long tail are the things that are really easy to be number one for. Yep. Um, and they aren't high volume. They're, very they're, low volume. they're like, but you have to produce continual consistent content uh, in order to get it out there. And then once you stack up enough that you have enough of those lines out in the sea, you start to catch more fish and it starts to pile up. And the best way to explain the long tail is to imagine uh, downloads on something like iTunes or Spotify. And you have, and you have to picture a graph and you have these monsters that are getting hundreds of thousands of downloads a day. And as you move right on the graph, it starts to very quickly look like Enron stock, like it's plummeting off a cliff. And then you have this long tail of ones that just go forever every day on those streaming platforms, those ones all add up to be more Mm -hmm. than the numbers that are higher than ones. And that proves that that's a really valid marketing. And that's a good way for a a startup or you in the beginning, because you're not going to tackle the keyword earrings. No, like there's just like, especially if your blog or whatever is new, it's too competitive. So you need to look at something. There's, you know, riches in those niches. Mm -hmm. So where can your content, you know, go? I have to admit something. Oh no! I was the random person on Spotify that go- that's Google. To me, I said Google <laughs> searched for Backstreet Boys a couple of days. Ago. Uh, <laughs> is it because you're going to the show with me on the seventh in the full scale? I was suite? in the long tail, you know, searching the deep archives <laughs> of the Backstreet, yeah, Boys? Backstreet Boys. Well, well, getting was back, not I'm not sure you were the only days. one that Google. That's brave of you to Boys. announce that. I mean, well, I mean, because I was doing, I was doing it too. <laughs> so yeah, just just to to kind of. Um, Summarize that that long tail versus. Wait, short you don't tail. want to talk about well, the Backstreet Boys? Well, <laughs> I mean, we can move 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 on. Back. Look, look, Brody, I can we can we can throw it up near the rim, but if you're not going to dunk it, I'm going to leave that alone. 
you know, so so yeah, earrings being that high level tail or, or high level uh, term, but then you know you've got. Um, hoop earrings for women yes. on sale in Kansas city. That's yeah, more, that's, that's the long that's tail. The long tail. Yeah. And, and the, the thing is, is that's not going to get 10 million hits a day, nope. but the whole purpose is to get the ones that matter. The conversion rate super high. I, yes. I love putting, uh, so I did this with tickets when I was in the ticket business. So it would have been like Taylor Swift, Indianapolis concert tickets. Yep. And we'd write a blog about that. And when someone was looking for that ex- exact thing, we'd come up really high yeah. on it. Yep. Um, let's talk about that though. Cause I was maybe firing a spam cannon. I actually uh, did really well with content marketing a long time ago. And then I got punished yep. cause, cause you could create a webpage yeah. for every name of artist and every city. And all of a sudden that's like a million combinations. Well, what it did, what we did is so long, but when Google wasn't as sophisticated as they are now, and this is like a cautionary tale. So on startup also, we like to talk about the things that were also big failures. Oh yeah. yeah. I was killing it. We were getting thousands of visits a day. We had a bunch of sites that acted as marketplaces for buyers and sellers on yep. tickets. And we were publishing blogs and we figured out that by, by putting tags in the blogs that each of those tags was a different page. It made a different URL, yep. but it was the exact same article. Yep. So we would put like 30 tags in there and worked for a while. And then Google came out with the duplicate content penalty and it crushed. Wah, 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 wah. That isn't even harsh enough. Yeah. It was more. You were out of business. The Darth day. Vader came down. He did that air choke thing on us. <laughs> we fell to our knees and I died. And you were out of business what, like the next day. Not, not the, that, that, that part of our business yeah. was out. And okay. So to give you the feeling of what this feels like, okay. So one day you're making two grand a day in passive income. And then the next day you're not. Oh, it's tough. So I want you to just kind of stomach that as a listener. Like you're like, Oh my God, you, you go from feeling like you're the smartest guy in the world to like the like the goat and i don't mean the greatest of all time i mean so like the billy goat you were making 700 grand a year and the next day you weren't well it, it went on yeah 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 so but we found other some other ways to do it but it took a while but the I, the the feeling and i wrote about this a million dollar bedroom because it was it was like i wanted to throw up. yeah oh sure like it was terrible and the thing was is there's no coming back from that we, we, I mean, we ended up deleting all the duplicate, any of it. Once you get that tag hung around, you are like, it's like the scarlet fricking ladder, man. Yep. You can't get rid of it. That's that particular site. Never. I closed it down. Yep. And it I just think never really did a, anything again. And this is a cautionary tale of doing anything to be overly black hat or spammy yeah. against Google. And over the years, this has changed dramatically, right? Of, of what Google can recognize and pick up and, you, you know, in the, in the eventually, days, they, eventually they're going to figure it out and they're going to, I put mean, you can do a bunch of keyword stuffing and make the, the words look like they're white text. So they don't show up on the page. I mean, there's all sorts of crazy shit well, people can do So and Google can figure it all out. Yeah. Now. And so obviously we've been talking a lot about, you know, just written content in Google, but, um, you can also have a similar issue with social. Obviously yeah. social is a, is a huge driver of, of a lot these days, but, um, you know, much like Google changes their algorithms, obviously we've seen how Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter have been. You <laughs> got easy. it. There we easy go. Brock. Good job. Woo-hoo! Wait, hang on, hang on, Brock. That's my bad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. 
So we really got to get that was new, a good one. We got to get new coasters in here. Top that happens eight. about every third. Does episode. it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So so, so you've got you've got yeah, these these social networks that that at one point um, <laughs> it was really easy to get your social content in front of your organic audience. Yes. The, the people that follow you, you know, your 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 basic connections. Um, but they have now switched that where it's basically a pay to play uh, model to yeah. get any mm-hmm. exposure. So, any reach on your social posts these days. So, so kind of in a similar vein as, as you had, you had built this made uh, amazing Google, you know, ranking machine with your ticket business. And then Google makes one change and yep. it's turned off the next day. Social has, has kind of seen same that thing. same type of thing. So the lesson there is don't build your house on rented land, Rent, right. rented being Facebook, LinkedIn, right. Instagram. You need to have your own, uh, your own property with your own content and certainly you can still leverage social and certainly, you know, do experiment with boosting and those kinds of things to, to propel uh, the reach of your individual blog posts and things, but drive them back to your own property uh, because you know, that that's um, it's a much safer thing in the long term. Speaking of social media, where can we find you guys on social uh, media? DVHQ everywhere. Just everywhere Just it. Yeah. on the gram on, on the yeah. Facebook. Yep. They put the, the back in Facebook. What? No. Hmm. You were gone for a while, Matt. <laughs> Things have changed. Yeah, maybe I missed back. it. Yeah. Maybe I missed it. If you want to check out the podcast on Instagram, we're at Startup Hustle Podcast, and we follow you guys. So if you need to find Divi, check out who we're following. We don't follow a whole lot of people, so congrats. You oh, guys are in a very, man. very exclusive club. Wow. That feels good. Yeah. Don't get too excited about it. It's not <laughs> that exclusive yet. So while we're before we get to the, the back half of this... Um, well, first off, we we're so excited about what you guys are doing. We've partnered with you guys. That's right. I mean, we've we've uh, we've made an investment in Divi, and uh, um, we don't have thank to get you. to yeah. You thank you. Uh, we're happy to do it. I'm really excited about what you guys are doing. Um, if you want to check out what Matt and I do at Fullscale, Fullscale.io, but we help you guys build some of the tech now. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, to kind of speak on that a little bit, um, you know, we paired up with you guys last year this time. I think it's been about a full year. It's and close. I, I think we're one month away from a year. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, working really well. I mean, we have, um, you know, a really amazing uh, kind of core dev team here in Kansas City. Um, our, our, our dev leadership is here, but we have um, developers down in Argentina and then obviously working with you guys now in, in Cebu. And it's been a really, really great partnership. And we've had um, a lot of success and it was kind of easy to roll up. And, you know, obviously, Matt, you have experience working with us. So that was just kind of natural. Um, I think we just added three new people like yesterday. Yeah. Thanks to this, you know, this new partnership with you guys. And I think we're continuting to grow that team. I mean, You're getting to full scale. Honestly. Well, that's what yeah. we do. And like, and we, like I said, we don't have to spend too much time on it, but you guys had some core initiatives and needs. And you know that here in the United States, it's hard to just all of a sudden go from two people to eight. Yep. Well, it's it's really hard because there's a lot of infrastructure and planning that takes place, and you want to make sure that you're getting the right team. It's and all just about finding them. It's all about the yeah. talent. Yeah. Um, and I think for us, you know, we're in a very competitive market. You know, we're in a fortunate mm-hmm. position that, um, you know, we would consider ourselves one of the leaders. But, um, you know, I, we we need to stay ahead of the market. We need to stay ahead of the trends. We got to keep keep innovating and evolving the platform. And so, um, you know, we're always trying to make sure that we have the the absolute best team. And I think right now, um, you know, we're really excited about the team we have and, you know, pound for pound, you know, from the dev team to, to everybody else in the company, you know, we, we put them up against, um, a lot of other teams, Yeah, you know, we've worked hard to build that team. 
So, uh, and thank you for your support. And we're glad to be partnered with you guys and, and make the investment in your future too. But there's something I know about Brody that Matt Watson might not know. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Is it Backstreet Boys? <laughs> uh, um, possibly related. Brody plays mixtape. Yes. Oh. Yes. Like way past the point. He's been playing it for a while. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was a, a backer in there. Um, um, the Like a, the... Uh, Kickstarter, the Kickstarter, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. I got my first deck in the Kickstarter that, and and have been playing it. Um, most uh, New Year's Eve parties, we break it out, uh, and you know, with with a whole bunch of friends, and it is always a hit. So, well, you'll be excited to know that you know we invested in mixtape as well, and there's an app coming out. Can't wait, and it's going to be it's awesome. Make it so I played much it the other day. We're trying to we're trying to finish making it awesome, but it's going to come out. But I think we should play mixtape. All right, yes, Are you guys Let's ready? Do it. Let's do it. Okay, first off, Watson never votes for me, so I'm glad to have both of you guys here <laughs> just for a potential. <laughs> he does occasionally. All right, so go to mixtapethegame.com if you want to check it out. I pulled a card out of the mixtape deck. I'm going to read a scenario. Each of us are going to name a song that best fits that scenario. We will vote for the winner. You cannot vote for yourself. This is going to be harder without Pressure's a laptop on. or a, That's a right. phone. I know. Yeah. Well, we don't play it because then we would have to pay royalties on the music, and well, we're really and, cheap. And if, But if there, were, if there was an app for that, um, yeah, yeah. Well, I'll give you. I'll tell you what. So the app's gonna it integrates with your Spotify account, yep. so you can yeah, cool. so you can pick the songs and you can quickly search. It'll show them right there. Um, you get to see what everyone else is picking. You vote for the winner on the screen, and then as the winner, it'll play your song. Okay, love it. So it's Can't pretty wait. cool. Yeah, and it's exciting. You can invite all your friends easily through Facebook, and uh, um, also like a it'll send you an invite text, and you can create a room of people. They don't even, you don't even need to be in the same room with people. Well, that's cool. That's interesting because Brody, I don't think, has ever invited me to play mix. Sorry, mixtape with him. So that's, there's two yeah. reasons. Either yeah. he doesn't want to hear. You learn a lot about people when you play mixtape. You do. Like, <laughs> like, like and, and Matt, the, the Matt, stories Matt, just flow. Dude, yeah. Watson thinks that Limp Biscuit is a song. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, okay. You enter a maximum security prison for the first time. If you could pick one song that tells the other inmates not to mess with you, what would it be? You may not answer "fuck you" by CeeLo Green. That is now <laughs> that is now banned as it is. It's like almost like a PED of mixtape. That is tough. I think I've got I've got mine, and uh, mostly because my uh, my family are big Austin Powers fans. Um, uh, it, it's a hard knock life. Nice. For us, you, you oh. remember the the Austin Powers uh, segment. The J- you're going with the Jay Z version or Annie? Uh, well, because <laughs> there's a big difference. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm going with the Austin Powers and Mini Me version. Oh, from, from the movie. Oh. You remember? Strong, strong choice. That's good. Do I have to go now? Or can I go last? You're up. No, so no one's asking me to pick. I'm just like over here. I'm kind of like normally I have an answer right away, and I'm kind of. I mean, that's that's a really one hard too. one. And Brody, you're right. I mean, without some sort of lap, laptop to kind of reference, uh, that that makes it challenging. You know, I would say that it would be some sort. Of, I can't think of a song name, but some sort of like really heavy metal, just all right, crazy. I'm going to answer and buy you fools some time. I'm going with out. Mama said knock you out. Ooh, that's Ooh. a good oh, one. That is a good one. Yeah, LL Cool J. Cool that's J. a good one. That's a really good yep. one. I'm going to knock you out. You guys better pick or Brody and I are just going to raise our hands together, listen to the Backstreet Boys and, <laughs> and, and, and declare ourselves as winners. 
You can just pick anything. I'm going to go with... I don't know. I can tell by the look on his face. Oh, man. There you go. I don't... By the way, this is is when Watson will, like, pick a song by Kesha. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) He's like... By the way, the app has a timer on it, and uh, you guys we would, would have probably yeah, run yeah, out. Yeah, you, you can see who the, uh, the, uh, the, the players are over here. Yeah, I know. Guy. I get it. The pros, the real pros. All right, let's just vote for your two songs. There you go. All right. Unbelievable. I don't even know if you deserve a vote. Well, that's why co-champions at this round of mixtape, <laughs> Brody, Dorland, and Matt DeCourcy. Wow. Oh, we, my God. Okay, we, I'll be we, here all week. I know, but we won through disqualification. <laughs> So, hey, all right, it. let's do this. Look, it. we're going to do a Rochambeau and see oh. if you can beat me. Because Watson, this is for the winner. Ready? On three. Oh. DeCourcy wins right. again. Dude, I, I am, I'm 19 and 0. Are you serious? Yeah. How does that Are even you really? Yes. I, dude, Watson's the Cleveland Browns of Rochambeau. <laughs> dude, like, but dude. they might be good this year. Yeah, that's why I, I don't, say, that's why I don't play them anymore. Do you go rock every time? No. Okay. No, I really don't know. It just I just like channel Sorry. it. It's weird. I I it's funny. whatever comes to you. Yeah, Watson beat me once. It was um it was not on the podcast, and then he wanted to play me again for <laughs> so it a didn't din- really for happen a, for then, a, right? for like a hundred and eighty dollar dinner tab one night, and he lost bad. So <laughs> and then he got banned from the league for cheating. He'll like come out and he'll be like throw a metal finger down. He's like that's <laughs> it's a paper rock and a scissors. I'm like dude, you're out of the league. Okay. Well, anyway, so. Once again, if you get a chance, go to Divvy. That's D-I-V-V-Y-H-Q.com. Check them out on social media. You can check out what Matt and I do at FullScale.io. Um, let's finish up by talking about your business as a startup, okay? Because you guys are a software as a service company. Mm-hmm. Um, you've been around for a while. There's been some ups. There's been some downs. You guys get a lot of headlines and have won some awards. That stuff's great. What are a couple of things that haven't been great that might have surprised you that we could use as, as cautionary tales to help someone else avoid the heartache of having to play mixtape with Watson. Wow. No, wait, wait, that's wait. A, Ch- chop the last part. That's a good question. And I think that's a heavy question. I'm trying to think where, where we start with that. Um, you know, I think, you know, I, I, the one thing I, I, I go back to is, you know, again, we're competing at a global scale. And we're in a very competitive market, you know, as we mentioned earlier. And when you're building a software company, you're not just competing against companies in your region, your city, right? You literally are competing against companies all over the world. I have competitors in China. Yeah, yep. we, you know, we have competitors all over. And with that, you gotta, you gotta think big. You gotta be very bold. You gotta be very direct. And you know, I think one thing that a lot of Midwesterns have kind of struggled with is the Midwestern niceties, the modesty of saying, Hey, look, you know, we're a pretty good product. You know, we should help you. And we, you know, I think we're going to be a good tool for you. But, you know, we've had to kind of force ourselves to get a little more blunt and say, No, we are the best product you're going to use. There's not going to be a better solution out there. And, you know, we just had a conversation with our team about this. You know, being around now for a few years, you know, when you start developing software, it, it starts small, it's a pretty light application. But then over time now, you know, you fast forward eight, nine years, we have countless hours involved in developing this tool. So now you look back and you go, whoa, this is a very robust application. And it, it kind of gives us that confidence going, no, it actually is the best tool. And I think we, we have to 
try to force ourselves to make sure that we are that confident and that blunt when we're talking with prospects, talking with customers, and it's not natural for us, right? Um, and it's not, uh, I think, natural for a lot of people, but competition is fierce. And, you know, our competitors are saying that. And again, you know, at the end of the day, we want to make sure that marketers are picking the absolute best tool for whatever whatever they need. And, you know, we want to make sure that, um, you know, we're, we're helping them and we make it clear through the, the process of letting them know that, you know, we have a really sophisticated tool that's going to help you. But not just that, we're going to have the surface that's going to be unmatched, service that's going to be unmatched. And um, so not just the tool, but we're going to hold your hand and help you through this process. We're going to help you build out the plan, the strategy, and provide any guidance where we can um, to make sure that you guys are successful. Yeah. Another thing I would say is um, we we had no idea that the the marketing tech landscape was going to blow up the way it has, um, you know, back when and we, meaning in a good way. Well, I mean, it's good and bad. So, so it's, it's good that, um, that, you know, the, the, the VC community, you know, got heavily involved in, in the MarTech space. So, you know, we've been able to fundraise and, and that kind of thing. So that's good. But at the same time, you know, we've got, you know, it, well, let me put it this way. If I'm a marketer today, Obviously, there's going to be a variety of software tools that I need to use to get our job mm-hmm. done. You know, and and oftentimes it's a stack of mm-hmm. of tools. You know, they've got um, you know a CMS content management system of some sort that that you know that that, that manages their website. They've got an email marketing solution. They've got social media tools. They've got a variety of things. And um, so, if I'm a marketer and I'm trying to figure out which tools are going to fill my stack to get our job done in the most you know in, you know efficient way possible and and um, hopefully least expensive, that um, I need to go find some of those tools. Well, the n- clear number of tools that are out there is just ridiculous. There are so many different types of tools. You know, um, a, a lot of them have have various various levels of overlap. So you might have one tool that is an email marketing engine, but it's also a social media monitoring tool, but it's also an analytics engine. But I could also, I could go buy that, that thing, or I could buy individual platforms to do the, those different things, um, you know, like per, very purpose-built best of breed solutions. So as a marketer, it's really challenging just to navigate all of the technology that's available today and, 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 um, and make decisions to to ultimately get to the stack of tools that are going to f- you know fit the needs of my team as much as I can. Well, one of the biggest problems we have as a vendor, though, too, is figuring out which which services do we provide. Right? Do you are you only best to breed at one thing, or are you trying to do ten different things? You're yep. not very good at all of them. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, I mean, that's a constant as, struggle. Yeah, as a software company, you need to make that decision. Mm-hmm. And you know, for us, you know, being a, you know on the smaller side in terms of of the you know obviously we're we're uh, in the same technically in the same industry as like an Adobe, you know, and so we're on the much smaller side versus them. So we need to make a decision that's, a, that's smart for our business. You gotta to be best to breed at best to breed at something very specific. And so that's what we've chosen to be. And, um, but then, you know, we go up against a lot of others that are, are not just best to breed in this one, one area. They, they, they do some of what we do, but they also do a lot of other things. So we have to, we, you know, we have to go to bat and go to battle um, for marketers that are looking at both of us. I mean, you like you guys, as an example, compete against every project management tool there is. Oh, right? absolutely. But you guys are best of breed at project management for content. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the there's some nuances process. to that that you guys have mastered. Yep. That is way better than any other tool. 
Exactly. That that. plays into advice that we give and talk about a lot all the time, especially for early stage businesses is so many people, businesses, whomever, they want to try to be good at six things before they're good at one. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like you have to be, you're, because what the result of trying to do that is at best, you're going to be average at a bunch of stuff. Yep. And that doesn't give you any type of position or, I don't know, like figure out how to be really good at something and then either become a lead at it or then figure out how to be good at other things too. But if you can't be great at one thing, I mean, uh, yeah, tying this back to content marketing, you know, you might through, through a strategy process and really understanding your buyers, you might find out that, okay, we probably need to do a blog. We need to have a YouTube channel. We need to have a podcast. We need to do some advertising. We need to do blah, 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 blah. We need to have a, you know, an email newsletter. All of these things are, would be good. But if you're a small organization, maybe a one man, one woman show, and you can only really be able to do one thing well. Pick the one thing, yeah. that one channel that would be um, advantageous to the business. You know your audience is going to be there. They're going to appreciate the content in that space, and you can really do well at that. And then after you own that, you've proven that content marketing is working. You've been able to learn the, the topics and, and, and subtopics that are important to cover, and you maybe um, add to your staff. Then you can take on the podcast. Then you can take on the email marketing engine, whatever it is. So same type of, of thought process. Yeah. And if you're trying marketing. to do seven of those things before you're any good. Now, Matt, do you know we have a YouTube channel? I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, we literally just opened it up. Um, we had been, so I'll give you an example there is, you know, we, we, okay. Thank you for everyone that continues to listen because you are the reason we keep doing this. But with that, we were trying to figure out how to get the video right. We were trying to do live stream and have, yeah, we had just a bunch of issues and we kept kind of nixing it and nixing it. And, you know, and eventually we figured it out and, you know, you can watch us doing the podcast on our YouTube channel, just look up startup hustle. But that was an example. There was times when we kind of tabled that and backburnered it. And then even some, at one point, the cameras were kind of messing with the audio. They were just putting too much pressure on the computer and it was making, it was making a little pop. Uh-huh. occasionally. And like, that was an example of that. We were trying to put too much, trying to do too much at once. So we kind of move it back. We said, we got to focus on like what, on what this is all about, which was the podcast. And yep. then, you know, there's been some other resulting things that have come up with that, even like social media and different stuff. Blogging like that. about the podcast. Yeah. I, and women's earrings. Yes. <laughs> which you are an authority on. Yes. So, well, anyway, guys, thanks for coming in. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah. Thank fun. you. Yeah. We're going to, we'll do some follow-ups with that, especially on some of the, the stuff related to the things we're all doing around our, our hometown of Kansas City. Um, thanks for everything you guys are doing. Oh, thanks right. for what you guys are doing. This is great. Yeah. yeah I bring so much exposure to to the Kansas City entrepreneur system. So they're mainly the here to listen. To, they're they're mainly here to listen to Matt. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh-huh. Is that how, that's how you uh-huh. do that's that, correct. guys. Yeah, that's yeah, correct. yeah, yeah. Um, well, anyway, once again, if you want to check out what uh, Master Watson and I do. Um, you can go to fullscale.io. Also check out Matt's other company, stackify.com. If you need to take bookings online, go to gigabook.com. If you need to manage your content, go to Divi, that's D-I-V-V-Y-H-Q.com. And all of us are all over the interwebs for a lot of different things. See y'all next time. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Startup Hustle with Matt DeCarsi and Matt Watson. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit startuphustle.xyz. And if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and subscribe. And we'll catch you next time on Startup Hustle.